it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. It's time for Seminole Headlines, featuring WarChant.com's Jeff Cameron, Managing Editor Ira Chauffel, and Senior Writer Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, Pistols and Pies starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. Hour number two, Seminole Headlines and Headliner Questions coming your way in just a moment. Great to be with you as always. And typically, we like to begin the hour by doffing the cap and saying thank you to Dr. Birch and Birch Orthodontics. So today is no different. Thank you, Dr. Birch. Birch Orthodontics, best in the business. Ira, tell everybody how they can get connected with Dr. Birch. You got to unmute yourself again. You know, here's the thing. Like, at some point, we just have to decide whether we got to put me to the pasture today, <laughs> whether or not this is uh I need to be here anymore, but uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to tough it out. Just soldier through it, man. We might, we might call on Tom Lang to come re- relieve you, but uh, right now I, we're going to try to soldier through it. I don't feel quite as bad as I sound. Birchorthodox.com is the website. They do amazing work. Again, all three of my kids went there. Jeff's kids went there. A bunch of the people that we know, their friends and, and their, their families have gone there as well. We can't speak highly enough about them. Dr. Birch has been sponsoring the show now for a long time. And the cool thing is every time we meet people who've had family members go to Birch Orthodontics, they just can't say enough good things. And then also the great work she does in the community, sponsoring different uh, charities. Uh, She actually has a thing still going on right now where you can go to their website or their social media and you can make donations in honor of their 20th anniversary of uh, Birch Orthodontics in Tallahassee uh, being the best, the best in the business. So support Birch Orthodontics, huge Noel fans and uh, great people. And with that, I agree wholeheartedly. Let's get to the questions. And I I think you guys are going to like this one. Uh, Court writes, hey, guys, as a college football fan, one thing I can't stand is whiny fans of other teams that complain about their officials uh, or officials screwing their team with bad calls and voters in polls underranking them. That said, why do the refs keep screwing us with bad calls and why are the voters – dropping us in the rankings after wins. <laughs> yeah, I have a bigger problem with the rankings thing. Uh, just because, Jeff, I, I I don't know the answer to this, but when do you think the last time a team beat Clemson at Clemson and dropped in the polls? Yeah, what administration do you think it was? Yeah, it would have had to, maybe the Clinton? Uh, no, I think it's both. No, they were actually still pretty good in the early 90s. I think it goes back to Richard Nixon. Maybe that maybe Gerald no, Ford. Stre- Corey, there's a there's a long stretch post the national championship uh, where they're terrible. No, no, no. From eighty to ninety, they still ran the ACC until Florida State got in. They weren't. Yeah, that's terrible. why I said the nineties. 
Well, no, I still think it maybe. Maybe I it would have had to have been Florida State, but I, I think even the nineties they were yeah, okay. Yeah, I think at times. I, I, my guess is it, the reason I said the nineties is they were irrelevant and they, they were played, completely irrelevant for twenty they, de- they, for really two and a half decades. Yeah, they took but, ass kickings on but the you wouldn't you and, didn't you didn't go they didn't take ass kickings from teams in the ACC. And when you beat them, it was still considered oh, it's a pretty good win. Even if it's a six and six Clemson, that's a pretty good win. The only thing I can think of is, and I'm not trying to make excuses for the pollsters, but like maybe they think Clemson, if you didn't watch the game and you saw Clemson lost to Duke and you're like, oh, this Clemson team must not be very good. And so Florida State, and you know, and again, Florida State didn't look great uh, against right. Boston College. So teams rarely do when they play in Death Valley. Weirdly. That's true. They or, rarely or, look great. Or Commonwealth Stadium out there at, uh, or Alumni Stadium, whatever. And what did y'all think there. about the referees? I thought. I thought the call on Renardo Green was ridiculous. I think the yeah. kid kind of fell into him and put his arms around him and fell down. Yeah. Green didn't do anything. It was a bad uh, call. Yeah, he grabbed his shoulder pad when he was coming off the line, but you're allowed to do that. I also didn't – I wasn't in love with the Tatum-Bethune call no. in the end zone. No. Aren't you allowed to engage within five yards of the line of scrimmage? You, you can, but they you can't hold his waist, and that's what they called him for. But I wouldn't – it's still ticky-tacky. I wouldn't have called it. I, they let him play – Throughout most of the day, they were very physical in terms yeah. of the clutching and grabbing for both teams. And so when they arbitrarily decided to call that is, well, questionable uh, and very frustrating. Yeah, there were a few. There were definitely a few calls that. But, you know, I'm sure if you're. But you also you definitely fan, couldn't say that uh, Florida State got a bad whistle at Boston College. I mean, Boston right. College set like a conference record for penalties. So they did all they did all right that day. Yeah, it's not like, again, it's, you know. I don't know that it makes sense for the conference for, for Florida State to lose to Clemson. Right. Unless theoretically you think that they're going to go undefeated from then on. And it's right. not like Florida State's the only school that I saw some comments in the chat, you know, oh, well, Florida State made all those comments in the offseason about and wanting to leave. Yeah. Well, they also know that Clemson wants to leave. So it's not like Florida State's alone in that boat. And and the problem is their cherished North Carolina wants to leave. So there you yeah. go. Everybody wants out of this dump of a conference. Um, that's just the way it is. All right. Burke writes, how nice is it to be 4-0, have our defense score just as much as our rival opponent did in the second half and save the game and still hear our fans say fire our defensive coordinator? <laughs> Look, it changed at halftime. Like, I admit it in the column I wrote after the game. My, my column that I wrote, I wrote half, I wrote probably 400 words at halftime, ripping the defense. I mean, Clemson had the ball four times. They scored three of them. Um and it's like, are you going to keep doing this every week where you just look like you have no answers? Uh, but the second half, credit – and I remember somebody asked this last week, I think, like, what does Adam Fuller do well? And we said adjustments. He does do that well. I'd like them to start the games a little better, clearly. But they do figure out some stuff in in the games most of the time and do a good job of stopping whatever the offense is uh, killing them with. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know – you know, Pat Payton talked today about – the need to get off to better starts and, you know, sometimes players just say stuff. So I'm not, this isn't a knock on Patrick Payton or any, you know, but just sometimes players, you know, we're holding microphones in their faces. They, we ask them questions. They got to come up with something to say. So I don't know if this is really a thing or not, but it is what he said. He said that he said he feels like they need to not wait till they're down and actually play with that same energy and effort earlier. I don't know if that's true or not, but, but Hey, I mean, I at least they acknowledge it's an issue. You don't yeah. think energy and effort are an issue? I don't think anyway. No, no. It's never about the effort or the energy. They, they, they. It's a fair criticism to say they start slow, but it's not because they're not trying. And this so, one yeah. was different than the BC one. You didn't give him a lot of layups. 
Uh, he made some tough throws, and quite frankly, your corners didn't do a good job on plays they should defend. The one I really remember is Cypress. It's a long out route all the way to the other side of the field on third down, and it's not even a good throw. It's kind of behind them. And Cypress, need, that needs to be a pick six. Cypress is too good a player to let that ball not only get by him, but get completed for a first down. I just don't think the corners played all that well to start that game, and then they obviously played better as the game went on. And Renardo continues to be a beast. Renardo's great, man. Renardo is just run. a great yeah. college football player. My yeah, favorite play, part, my favorite well, part was, of Renardo – sorry, Ira. My no, favorite go, part, Renardo, I, I want to give him credit for this, but my favorite part when Renardo is after getting trucked by Shipley, which a lot of people do, uh, he came right back with that big hit on Shipley and got his get back, as the kids say. I was the very three, next play. Yeah, I it was, was really, because that la- the Shipley ran him over on the last play of the third quarter. Yeah, and then the and that was Shipley's only run of more than like six yard nine yards, by the way. And then um, the very first play of the fourth quarter, Renardo speeds off the edge and knocks him down in the backfield. Yeah, it was he's a great got some play. what for. I was proud of him because it, yeah. it's hard to tackle Shipley, and he yeah. trucks a lot of people, and he did truck Renardo, and I was like, oh, that's a toughie. I've been trucked. It sucks. It's a bad feeling. And so to be able to come up and get your get back is nice. And, I, yeah. and the fact that he did it right away and he had the look in his eyes like he was pissed. He knew that uh, that that wasn't he, that can't stand, man. <laughs> and, the you know, the D'Lo play is the play of the day without question defensively. But his stop on that third and one pass was incredible to drop that guy for a loss was huge. Yeah, yeah, that's a big that's a big time play. It's a horrible read by the quarterback. It's not like that was called. You could tell Dabo did not call it. He's even telling them when they show Dabo after the play, we only needed one yard. Like, why are you throwing it out there? But he threw it out there because they had three wide receivers and two DBs. And Renardo Green just made the tackle. He also threw it out there because it's an RPO and he's free to do that. But that's where a coach has to say in this situation, You're you running cannot the yes. call the pass here. So that's that's frustrating uh for them, but they can go to hell. Yep. Uh Chris writes, 4-0 never felt this good, especially the way it has happened. Ira, Corey, I was at the game, and it sure seemed like the Clemson band and that concert-level speaker system they had played well into the play clock when we had the ball. Not complaining, just noting it for next season when we play DMX and Speed Metal when Clemson has the ball and is trying to bark out signals. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And Clemson's always been like that. And I don't know what the official rule is, but it was getting to like 10 seconds. Yeah. I think it's until maybe your player – your I think maybe it's till your your quarterback has set and he wants to start doing his cadence, but it was definitely beyond that. Sometimes um, it's it's I mean, that's a tough place to play. Again, I was talking to somebody on the staff today, who I I think they've been there before, but they hadn't seen it quite like that. And they said, "Man, it 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 was as good as anywhere they've ever been in terms and of possibility." You know, I know we all love the experience at Doke, but Ira brought up like so in between the third and the fourth quarters at Clemson. And this is a close game. It's 24-24, I guess, at that point. They have a, like a two-and-a-half-minute montage of all these huge plays in Clemson history with the strength coach barking out at the players as they're lifting weights in the offseason. This is what you're built for. This is – and all the students, because we have the uh, privilege to sit behind the student section, and it's an outdoor press box so you can hear them. They're all saying every word the strength coach is saying because they memorized it. And they're all shouting it. You're built for this. And the place is going nuts. They're playing rock music, and they it crescendos with with a big tiger roar and whatever a, a, a CJ Spiller touchdown. It's a frenzy. And it's like crazy. A, and then Iris like, yeah, this is a little bit different than Eastbound and Down. It's a little different. A little different. It's a little different, <laughs> different uh, feeling. A little different vibe going to the fourth quarter at Doak than Clemson. 
you know, this is part of a pretty consistent complaint for some 20 years uh, amongst us. I think it feels like uh, in terms of what happens on scoreboards in stadiums for FSU. Jeff, you won't believe it. During the whole game, they have a huge video board and they showed every replay as soon as the game was over. They also had the stats just there the whole time. Imagine. Didn't rotate them. Didn't show me what the punting was or the kickoffs. It just had the offense, defense. It just had all the stats right there. Time of possession, rushing, first downs, the whole thing. They never moved. Weird. Um, Joe writes, I love the win like I love beautiful birch orthodontist teeth. <laughs> Chewing on some registered sausage. Mm, all flavors. Good. What I don't like is the slow starts. Can we get Richard Simmons to get them fired up before the game? <laughs> there you go. I don't think it's a, a lack of being fired up. I, they're plenty fired up, but they do have to they do have to remedy some slow starts on defense. As, Speaking as of Richard Simmons, do y'all remember where there was that rumor that he was going to be the guest picker on game day? Yeah, and people were not fired up about it. What I was wondering is, and I don't I, nobody's seen Richard Simmons in ten years, right? But uh, if Florida State Miami becomes the game day game, because like Florida State's nine and zero or eight and one, and so is Miami, who's the guest picker? It can't be one of us. Do y'all got any you, any ah. ideas? Who do you think? Jimbo? Guest picker. Well, it's been so long since Florida State hosted a game day. It's probably not going to be Prime. Probably won't be Dion. All right. I was thinking it could be Burt Kreischer or Segura. Right. Those two guys are big Florida State fans. Kreischer actually went to the school. Um, but it's got, you know, I, just something we got to start. It's got to start percolating because there's a chance. I feel like there's a there's a little bit of a collision course here with Florida just State. Just based Miami. on. Based on other, I don't guess pickers. I feel like it might be the guy from Florida Georgia Line. Um, just a uh, thought. I mean, we just, don't need that. No offense to that guy, but it just seems like seems like country singers uh, are hey, a big no draw. No offense to that guy, but they suck. Colorado right, got no. the rock. Like you know what I mean? Like Florida State's a it's a big time program, man. Get it's got to get get some. It should be Peter Warwick. It could be Peter Warwick. Should be Peter Warwick. It should be George Clooney. <laughs> I'd like him to have an affiliation with the school. Well, yeah, sure. Peter Warwick <laughs> was good, by the way. Didn't know if you yeah, guys remembered that. Really good player. Yeah. Uh, does Mike just hate our traditional uniforms? This is from Logan. For a team with arguably the best uniforms in college football history, we found a way to look like we found a way to look like cheeks against Boston College, and then you don't give us the gold pants against Clemson. <laughs> I don't mind. I actually like that uniform. Um, but I was watching somehow I, uh, on my algorithm on YouTube, the Louisiana game from last year popped up and they were wearing alternate uniforms in that game. Like it's so, like every game it's, they've turned into Oregon where the, every game, you don't know what uniform they're going to wear and what are you going to do? They're just going to wear whatever they want to wear. Here's what I would say. Uh, I like the combination. I've always liked garnet pants with white tops, but we're purple, dude. We're freaking purple. That mm. color, they cannot get the color right. I just don't understand how it's that difficult. I'm not in the haberdashery business. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just. It is seemingly impossible to get the to get the garnet right. We can't mm. get it. It's downright purple. Yeah. Well, now we know we've 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 solved all the problems with the four no football team. If we're uh, we're, we're complaining about the video scoreboard, yep. music. And yep. uh, the uniform. The uniforms. Well, we're answering questions. This was brought up by other people. Oh, no, I know. I'm saying we as a yeah, as collective. a Florida State community. Yeah. Um, Greg writes: Is Shipley to Dabo the way Dalvin was to Jimbo? Transcendent player that masks how bad things have gotten. No, he's not that good. 
he's good. He's not Dalvin good, right? No, no, not even. No, I agree, but it is, man. It, it. I don't. If I'm that offensive coordinator or Dabo, I don't know how you sleep that night, knowing that you had third and one and fourth and one or fourth and two, whatever it was, and, and you didn't give him Shipley the ball. didn't get the ball. I mean, that's crazy. He just had a nine yard carry on second down. There's yeah. no chance in a Amer- Florida State could have had 13 guys on defense, and he would have got the first down. By the way, go look at that run again. Because that spot is a little bit dicey. I think he lands on the 15-yard line, and they move the ball back a full yard, which was crazy. Well, it's about time after effing us the whole game. That's okay. Yeah, I, I got you. But if you go watch that replay and you're looking at the yellow line, my man is tackled on it. And somehow the – because Ira points out, it's true, they don't ever measure anymore. They don't – they used to – Jeff, when we were kids, they would stop every every drive four times for a measurement. Now they don't do it. They don't have time for it. Yeah, ever. Yeah. Uh, Garrett writes, since you all have been to the practices and have been inundated with FSU football, is it possible that you overrated the offensive line? Um, yeah, it's possible. Possible. But I guess I would say this. I can't imagine that it's worse than it was last year. Now, Robert Scott not playing is a big deal. But when you, you, you lost Gibbons, I don't think anybody thought Turnantine was incredible. And you replace them with Roddick, Byers, and Keandre Jones. I think well, those are at least up and Roddick has been up and down, and Byers has gotten worse every game he started. But I think Byers has got worse because he couldn't block that dude. I don't know that that means he can't block other guys. He could not. He could not stay in front of that guy, and he got oh, fired. There's no doubt yeah. that's a challenging and, matchup, but he hasn't like, played well. No, and I, and I watched. Uh, yeah, I watched some of his reps today, and he did really good against Patrick Payton a couple times. I mean, you know, so it's not like he can't play. Uh, I would say this though. I do think that one of the things that if I'm Norvell and Atkins and he said, Norvell said they're doing this is really looking at what, what do they do well yep. and what do they not do well through four games? And it might've been hard after the BC game to, you know, going into Clemson game, let's, let's tweak some stuff going into the Clemson game, but now you have some time yeah. and I think they'll figure out, okay, this guy can't do this the way we thought he could. Yep. So let's see what we can do now. No, it's it's a it's a very good point. I, they're they're all it's a it's a weird kind of a, a mix and match of what you have up front. You have some guys right. that can really run block but struggle in pass blocking. Guys that can pass block that really struggle in run blocking. And you know we also know that um, Atkins is always talking about juggling guys and talking about cross training guys and talking about trying to find your best five. So I'm sure he's through four games now got enough sample size, enough data points to say, okay, look, we know against the better defenses that we faced, this guy's going to struggle against this. This yeah. guy's going to excel against that. We've got to, yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised to see them shuffle some guys. And it does depend on how healthy they get. I will say I've been worried all season long. We all have, I think, to varying degrees, that they have not been able to develop over time another center option. Now, Washington can come in there and play center when they need him to, but what if they need him to play tackle? What if Washington has to be one of your answers at tackle, and now you really have nobody behind Mo? Yeah. Uh, they still don't really have a backup center, and so it's it's a little frustrating. I'm sure it's frustrating them too, but it is something to note because they really don't have another option there. But yeah, I, just, I, to clear, just to clarify, they they have players that work there, Kayshawn Sapp. Demetri Emanuel can move there. Casey Roddick can move there. Right. But to your point, yeah, they haven't developed a strong number two. But we, we, this has not clearly been a great offensive line through four games, and I don't think it will be great. But I do think it's better than what it's shown. I think <clears> it, the, the sum of its parts is better than what they played so far. They just got to figure it out, and they've got to get healthy. 
Uh, Christopher writes, uh, thank you for all you guys do. I don't have a question this week. I just wanted to share a quick story and apologize for the wink. I worked in Greenville at the airport, so I was on the ground when the FSU charter landed, greeted the team, dealt with a lot of teams and coaches over the years. Coach Norvell is one of the first off the plane, and naturally I'm wearing FSU to rep. Shook his hand, told him, go Knowles, have a great game tomorrow. General chit-chat, no big deal. He thanked me, dropped his bag on the bus, got right back off, walked over to the equipment guys, started throwing bags in, shouldering six or seven bags himself, walking to the truck. And he goes on to say a lot of really nice things about Mike Norvell because this is a lengthy read. But I will just say that he is praising the way that they handled themselves and the way he handled himself mm. and the way that the team interacted with staff there, which makes a lot of sense. I will say this. That's not the stories you would hear from the uh, plane crews uh, during the last the last two regimes. Yeah, there, were, there, were, there was a lot of uh, concerns about how the, the players and staff left the planes after their trips and – yeah, I mean that's that is definitely one thing, and it's a good thing they're winning because that's what matters most. But it's cool that you do have a, a head coach and a staff around him that values, you know, players just kind of acting with class. Yeah, this wasn't the post to send uh, after the uh, Jacksonville State game. <laughs> Everybody, but I don't care. I'd push guys out of the plane. Who cares what he does to the getting off a plane? He doesn't even need to be on this team anymore. Yeah, you can say it after they're winning games and yeah. you've been accepted and embraced. Oh, by the way, as an added bonus, they, they're civilized. Yeah, and he is. <laughs> he is civilized, which is not, not the norm, nice to apparently. Hear. And I'm not surprised by that. It's a guy whose mantra is service. So, I mean, to me, I, I would think that makes a lot of sense. Civil Headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV continues in a moment. Hey, headliners and elite headliners. It's Ira here, and it's time to talk Shopify. As you remember, a couple of years ago, we wanted to create and sell headlines merch for the best podcast listeners in the world. That's you. But we had no idea where to get started. Now we're selling Yay Sausage shirts, and it's so easy. All because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're a startup working out of your man cave or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool you need to grow your business without all the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. You could be selling Don Julio socks from Shopify's in-person point of sale system or offering headliner shirts from Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform. Whatever you need, you're covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love most about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up today for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase, and they'll help you grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Go to shopify.com slash warchant. Aaron Rodgers' season is officially over, but yours has just begun at MyBookie. NFL, college, football, and a brand-new cash-out system give you options to bet and win all season long. First two legs of your parlay hit, cash out early and place another bet, or let it ride for the chance at a bigger payday. Join us at MyBookie for an entire season filled with daily odd boosts, same-game parlays, and huge prize pool contests. Right now, MyBookie has a no-strings-attached cash bonus that lets you deposit and withdraw quick. Use promo code WARCHANT on your first deposit of $50 or more, and you can receive up to $200 in cash 
instantly credited to your MyBookie account. That's Warchant to claim your own cash bonus now. You can bet anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. Seminal Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for Warchant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chofel, and Corey Clark. Once again, another reminder, and if you would, Director Matthew, once again, go ahead and uh, plaster that event uh, notification online. For those driving around and can't see it, I will remind you tonight at the Hotel Indigo there in College Town, we are going to be having a little fun, party with a purpose, and uh, that will include guest appearances from Jordan Travis, Trey Benson, and Keon Coleman for the second part of the show. The first part of the show is just a little old me and Tom answering questions. It's a Q&A about FSU football for those of you with tickets. Uh, it's a dinner. It's a buffet starting at 6 o'clock, full cash bar, and all proceeds go to the Children's Home Society of Florida. Tickets are just $40. Uh, ticket link is in the War Chant TV chat there. You can see. So, it's a good thing, and you will have a chef-inspired dinner buffet, full cash bar, football talk with me and Tom, photos with Keon Coleman, Jordan Travis, and Trey Benson as well, and all proceeds go to charity. That charity is, again, the Children's Home Society of Florida. 100% of the money goes to them, 100%. No profit for Hotel Indigo, no money here, nothing like that, nothing for the players. It all goes to Children's Home Society. Let's keep it rolling. Let's get back to the questions, boys. Uh, I like this one just because it could be fun. If FSU gets a Trans Am uh, to escort the equipment semi for road games, would Ira dress up as the bandit and drive it? So, yeah, I, I suggested that a couple weeks ago as they uh, they trucked to, as they were trucking to Boston College, that it would be cool if FSU had a blocker, had a Burt Reynolds Trans Am to ride with them. And, and it seemed like a lot of people liked that idea. Uh, I don't know that I could fit in a Trans Am, so I'm not going to be the driver. But I did know from my tweet that a lot of people were uh, volunteering. Well, I'll so. volunteer. I'll do it. Yeah, you do good. Yeah, I'd do it. I like driving fast. Who would you? Would Corey, Christy dress you. up like Sally Field? Uh, Corey could dress up as Sally Field. I mean, that's an option. Corey's not on. Corey's muted. And you're not I'm, even sick. What are we doing, dude? Did you touch something, Corey, during the break? No. All right, Matthew, figure this out. Here we go. Ira wants to talk more today. You can tell. He can't yes. wait to talk more. <laughs> uh, I I would, by the way, be happy to drive that car. Can you speak now, Corey? No. Okay. Next question. Uh, do you think we're going to be the main feature on college game day before the ACC championship is played? You need I mean, Miami so, to keep winning, and we have to keep winning. Maybe that's a possibility. Yeah, Miami's a possibility. Duke's even a possibility, maybe? Possibly? <clears throat> we'll have to see. Corey, maybe you should log out and log back in. That's an idea. Yeah, it's, he's just talking to air. Nobody can hear him. <laughs> he's got the semi with the cores, writes Life Spectator. Um, yeah, well, that would be nice, too. you got to have that along for the ride. Uh, Central Florida Noel writes, UF and Miami have shown signs of life. Which one has a better chance to beat us this year and which one has better long-term prospects with their current coach? So I took some heat, Ira, at the beginning of the year, especially after Florida lost to Utah by saying that I thought Florida would be better this year, that I didn't like their quarterback situation at all, and I thought their offense might struggle, but I thought defensively they were pretty sound. And uh, 
I think that's accurate. I think. Shut up, Jeff. Nobody wants to hear from you. I think my description is is accurate about them. I think they're going to play good defense, and that game's on the road. So I would say that I'm a little bit more nervous about that game on the road at the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely concerning the fact that they've 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 shown. I don't know. I mean, it looked they look better than the six and a half, whatever five yeah. and a half or six and a half, whatever their win total was going into the year. And Graham Mertz, I mean, played well. He's played well at times. Uh, so. So we'll see, but but yeah, I, I Miami's. I mean, Miami. We'll see what Miami looks like in November. Uh, but yeah, going to Gainesville is always tough, and and you know they they seem to have a pulse. Well, and if you're struggling to block it up, you know I think that they're going to cause that'll cause problems. I mean that that's a problem really in any game we play. That's why you got to see that get fixed moving forward. So the joke I made, Jeff, is that if Ira was driving the Trans Am, you could have been a Sally Field. Oh well, I was going to make kick you your legs Sally up Field and- when I'm the Bandit. Oh, okay. You're the bandit and Ira's the Sally. Oh, that's no, general no, image anyway. You wear the wedding dress and get changed and yeah. all that, which is the no, great he's, thing. He said you'd be the Sally Field. Oh, no, I'm not the Sally Field. I'd be I'm in the, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be driving the, the, the truck with the, I bring Nico, my dog. I've got with a dog the dog. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. That's better. Next question. Uh, by the way, Corey, are you more worried about Miami or Florida? Right now, Miami. Uh, congrats, gentlemen. We're four and zero. Writes Alejandro. We all have talked about Travis's misses. Did anybody else notice early in the game he hit his finger on a helmet? I'm sure that affects him gripping the ball. Could that have been part of the problem with his accuracy? Yeah, I didn't notice it in the moment. I noticed it watching the replay that he they were spraying his hand or his his finger came down on something, and he was the uh, Molly McGrath. Is that who the sideline person was? Yeah, they, uh, she brought they, it up during the broadcast yeah, that he had hurt his hand. So uh, yeah, maybe, but. You know, it wasn't like he was throwing. It's funny. It was. It wasn't like he was throwing it all over the lot, like just a spray gun. He was missing, but he wasn't missing by yards and yards. Like he overthrew Keon by half a yard. He over that Jaheim Bell. I'm not even call that an overthrow. That's just a. That's a great throw. He made some nice throws. The ones that I had a problem with was he's rolling out to the right, just lobbing it down the sideline to Johnny, like giving him no real chance to make a play, and not tucking it and running it or himself those were the only play really problems i had with jordan he's had some deep ball issues this year he's better at those throws than he's shown this year he played he threw the ball deep last year very well and he's not throwing it as well this year i think it's probably the injury i mean that that makes the most amount of sense to me it's probably the injury because he's thrown outside the the hashes that ball was always accurate those those balls down the sideline i mean he would drop it in a bucket over and over and over again and he's not making those throws this year with the same degree of accuracy. So I, I got to believe it. It's, it's the injury. Cause we also have might be like, when you have those two dudes, you don't have to be perfect. You yeah. tell yourself, yeah. I just got to get it up in the air near them. Yeah. I don't have, this isn't pokey or Keyshawn I'm throwing to where I have to put it or Jakai. These guys go make plays like that. I don't, I don't just have to place it in their arms like a newborn baby. Justin writes, which would you have preferred going into the game? One, a win at Clemson Two, watching Dabo trip and roll down the hill. Three, watching a grass, uh, watching a grass sniper get Dabo as he pulls both hammies mid sprint onto the field. Love you guys. That's from Justin B. Thank you, Justin B. I wanted the win, but I have always rooted for a fall down that hill of multiple players and coaches. And of course, I root for Dabo to pull a hamstring every time he runs onto the well, field. Well, and Brady brought this up because he he had never seen it, so I made sure him and Stephanie got in the stadium early to see it because it's a cool thing to see once, I guess. Um, but he's like, if he falls going down that hill, it's going to cause a pileup. Yeah. 
because all the players aren't going to know he's fallen. They're running full speed, and then they see him at the bottom, and they're going to try to avoid him, and it becomes like a 40-car collision, which we're all rooting for that at some point in our lives because whoever Clemson's next coach is isn't firing down that hill like Dabo Swinney. He's going to walk down it because he's going to be a normal person. But Dabo <laughs> sprints like he's a player, which which gets gives you the chance that if he takes a false step, buddy, it could be chaos. I keep waiting on it. I'm shocked it hasn't happened. I don't care what kind of shape you're in. You could be in fantastic shape. As you yeah. enter your 50s, things just hurt for no reason. Yep. Muscles pull for no reason. It's going to happen. And if Mike Norvell's not careful, it's going to happen to him too. He's already pulled a hamstring once before running in yep. that sprint at practice. I know nobody cares about the coach pulling a hamstring because, frankly, I get more worried about the defensive lineman he's racing. Didn't uh, Jimbo pull the hammy in the national championship game, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Right down uh, – was it Kermit Rashad or Green. Kermit's play, right? Kermit yeah. or Rashad? One of the you saw Jimbo on the field this weekend. How about that? Dude, that's man. that's incredible. And he what would have happened if the kid would have run into him? It'd been a penalty, first of all, but no, uh, but it wouldn't have been a touchdown. I don't it was know a how touchdown. that rule works. It should be right, but I don't know if you just assume know, that it's going to be a touchdown. I know that if a player or a coach ever purposely trips somebody from the sideline or anything like that, it is a touchdown. Even if a player's like a, a defender well, is even clear, with him. If it's clear path, they'll call Oh, okay. I got you. Okay. Yeah. Well, that was definitely clear path, except for the, the 58-year-old coach in the middle of the field. <laughs> <laughs> Trey writes, would you guys rest Jordan Travis after the first touchdown against Virginia Tech to help the healing process? Could the other QBs be trusted to carry us to victory in that situation? No. So I think, and again, I'm not a doctor, guys. You may think I am, but I don't think I, I, I'm actually not a doctor. I know you need to go see one. I do, but but the, I think the fact that he was able to practice all week and play and the fact he's practicing today during a bye week makes me feel like it's something that's going to get better just with time. It doesn't need to completely – because it's not throwing shoulder. So I think he's going to get better. I, again, if it was something that rest would dramatically help it, I don't think he would have been practicing as much as he was today, and he, he did everything today. So I think my point is – I've talked to people that seem confident that he's going to get back to full strength, and I, I think that there are signs of that. It would be nice, though, right, Ira? I would definitely not just rest them early. Uh, no chance. Take this game seriously. Right. You just almost lost to Boston College. I know that you should beat Virginia Tech by four or five scores, but don't give your team any hint that you're not taking the game seriously. <laughs> but at the same time, get your butts out to a big lead so you yeah. can rest them. That'd be a nice that'd be a nice change of pace from the last two weeks. I don't think there's any question you'd like to get off to a good start. That's a bad, bad team. That poor program has really taken a nosedive. It's hard to imagine how bad Virginia Tech has as a program has turned into. It's it's crazy to think about yeah. where they were. Um they, yeah, they were I mean they were the bell of the ball for yes. four or five years there when they first came in. Yeah. yeah, and they were the other reason that you could kind of bow up. And when you talk about ACC football, you're like, all right, well, Florida State, Clemson, Miami, and Virginia Tech. That's what you would always say them. But now you never bring them up at all. You, you'd much prefer to say North Carolina yeah. or something like that because it's, it's just nuts to see how bad they've gotten. Gentlemen, with the Knowles being four games in, how fixable are the issues in the run game? Is this something that can be fixed midseason, or should Mike develop the team's identity into a pass-first offense? Well, I, I talked about that, Logan. Thanks for your question. I talked about that um, in the first hour and and how that might be an option to, to be a pass-heavy team and then you know pass to set up the run as opposed to running to set up the pass. 
he wants to run. He's always going to want to run, um, and I would too. I think most coaches want to have a semblance of the run game. One thing's for sure, Corey, you pointed out how good Clemson's defensive line is. I agree with you how good they are. I think the defense as a whole there at Clemson's very good. Florida State has some games coming up now against teams that don't have that personnel. So they might magically fix the running game when they face uh, kind of like they did when they weren't very good or crisp against Southern Miss and still scored 66 points and did anything they wanted. Yeah, All right. I was going to say, and and I think that it does help, man. You get a week off, and then you have three straight home games. I know Duke has a very good defense, and I know Duke will be coached exceptionally well, but they don't have the dudes up front that that Clemson has. They just don't. Um, So you should be able to exert your will more. I'll also say this. I don't need to see another second and 10 run the rest of the season. Don't need to see it. Got a lot of them, buddy. Got a ton of them. All you're doing is saying, hey, Jordan, third and nine, go get them. Or third and 11, go get them. Like, why do that to yourself? I, I get you want to try to make sure they're not just peeling their ears back the whole time. But you have a bad play on first down. You know you can't run the ball on this team. Why then run on the ball, run, run the ball on second down? They did it I, so many times in that game. I like the idea of peeling your ears back. That's uh, it's a, different, it's a different twist. You don't pin. Yeah. Some people pin. Those, are, those guys are idiots. You <laughs> peel them back. You think about the uh, – yeah. How faster you can run if you didn't have ears? Yeah, you just lop them right off before you get the uh, back. You know one thing. One thing I wanted to say real quick though on the running game. So when I did the story during the summer, I interviewed Atkins and uh, Gabe Fertitta, and who's the the analyst, and also Cooper uh, Williams, who's the GA, about like what makes what they do special and why have they been successful. And one of the things that that the two staff members talked about Atkins, they said he's very good at figuring out like what guys can do and, and adapting to them. So we touched on it earlier. I mean, I really think you're going to see some differences uh, going forward about, you know, what they're asking guys to do. It's not just about, I think one of the complaints a, a lot of people had, maybe including us had about the Rick Trickett era was that it felt like Trickett was like, this is what we're going to do, but you got to figure out how to do it. I think Atkins does a good job of adapting to his personnel. So I think we'll see that. I hope so. And and certainly if Jordan gets healthy and they're able to run him some too, that, that will loosen things up a little bit. Uh, I'm wondering if the lack of attacking the middle of the field is playing into the run game not working as well, writes Michael. How often would we play act how often would we play action and throw right above linebackers last year? The hesitation the linebackers face might be the difference between two and twenty yards gained. It's not a bad point, certainly. I, yeah. I don't I, I don't have a problem with that. It's just yeah. not there. I, I don't think Jordan is skewing wide open guys in the middle of the field. It's just defenses aren't having to respect. Uh now he has a couple of times. Yeah, but I, I don't think say, in there, this there's, game there's some evidence to suggest he's not looking for it either. If you're but if you're watching the all twenty two from this game, I don't think you're gonna see you know, Destin Hill doing jumping jacks in the middle of the field. It's not there um, necessarily because, again, they don't, they just don't respect him pulling it. I, I just, if they don't establish a running game, then I, if they can't do it by traditional means or if he is banged up, I, I say go full Washington, man. Go, go Washington Husky football, man. Throw it 50 times and a half. I mean, that kid's going to throw for 7,000 yards, apparently, and his whole receiving core is going to have 1,200 yards receiving. And they're efficient doing it, by the way. Yes. You can be – I mean, the modern game, you can do it. The, the rules are in your favor. As long as you can keep your quarterback upright, Right. Um, you, you can do it. And that might be a big if right now. Nate writes, not a question, but a fun stat to marinate on. FSU's offense has tallied 60 plays of 10-plus yards, good for 12th in the nation. However, the defense has also given up 60 plays of 10-plus yards, checking in at 124th. Have fun figuring that out. Yeah, it's a 
it's a weird team right now. You can find a lot of weird stats for this team. They've given and, up 60 and, plays of 10-plus yards? Yeah, I, those numbers seemed a little off on both I sides. I don't know that that, that, seems a, that does we'll seem to look, Yeah. They've given up more big plays than they have in the past. No uh, question. Know that it's that much, but but it could. Hey, we don't. They might have. They might have had sixty plays of more than ten yards against Boston College, Ira. <laughs> yeah, it seemed like it. It felt like every third down. Yeah. How many third downs did they have? Those were all over ten yards, and he got every one of. Them. Good to yeah. see that BC defense come back fighting strong the next week too. So only gave up fifty six to Louisville. Well, it was also like thirty five to nothing in the second yeah. quarter, which yeah. I'm sure pissed off a lot of fans of this team going. Well, it seems like Louisville figured it I, out. Guys. I hope they weren't too pissed off because they had just beaten F and Clemson. No, but I'm saying, <laughs> yeah, they should be happy about that. But I'm sure anytime you watch a team look like world beaters and then the next week they're down 35 to nothing in the second quarter to Louisville. Sure, sure. Tuffy. Um, when Robert Scott returns, do we see a better run game? Side question, uh, would you rest Jordan for Virginia Tech? Not if you don't need to. Yeah, um, no, he's not resting. I don't, I don't think he is either. Now, I could see us certainly, you know, get out to an early lead and a pretty safe lead at halftime and bench him. I mean, not bench him, not 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 because of poor play, but just to rest him. I could see that. Um, yeah. In fact, and I then, hope I see that. Yeah, and then we don't know about Robert Scott yet. I think uh, you know, maybe we'll see going into next week. I do think that, you know, the guys that they've had banged up, him, Akeem Dent, uh, you know, I think there's a chance – those guys, I mean, Norvell said they think they'll be getting him back in maybe in, in the coming weeks. So I think there's a chance to get both those guys and it will be big. I mean, they're two veteran starters. Maybe Ja'Kai, too. Yeah. Ja'Kai was out there racing Norvell today. Right. Well, hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully everybody's back. And he won. I, I mean, if you're it, wondering, he did beat Norvell in the race. I was going to say, I, I would guess no chance that uh, – Norvell won that race. Yeah. Uh, we got to take one more break, guys. Hang in there. We'll wrap it up momentarily. Hang in there, Ira. Almost done, baby. Almost <laughs> got it to the finish line. Some of the headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Seminal Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for War Chant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chofel, and Corey Clark. Aaron Rodgers' season is officially over, but yours has just begun at MyBookie. NFL, college, football, and a brand-new cash-out system give you options to bet and win all season long. First two legs of your parlay hit, cash out early and place another bet, or let it ride for the chance at a bigger payday. Join us at MyBookie for an entire season filled with daily odd boosts, same-game parlays, and huge prize pool contests. Right now, MyBookie has a no-strings-attached cash bonus that lets you deposit and withdraw quick. Use promo code WARCHANT on your first deposit of $50 or more, and you can receive up to $200 in cash instantly credited to your MyBookie account. That's WARCHANT to claim your own cash bonus now. You can bet anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. Corey, you're going to like this one, buddy. Uh, Trevor writes, not a question, but I went to the beach last weekend with my family and there was a box fan in the closet at the Airbnb and I proceeded to tell my wife how Corey Clark cannot sleep without one of those. I'm just guessing it's a potential sponsor idea, guys, if his spray tan route doesn't work well. 
Speaking of, our spray tan, spray tan is going to be coming soon. I think I'm going to have one this next week. Just I knew you've been asking about it. Because, look, when you start to develop muscles, you they don't pop as much unless you have a tan. Jeff, you know that. You remember that from when you had muscles in Florida. Yeah. Back when you were in high school, I mean. Yeah, I still I still have plenty of muscles, Corey. But I would, <laughs> I would tell you also that nobody wants you to get a spray tan. Uh, well, wh- two people do. Me and Stephanie. That's all that matters. It's just it's her and I hold hands in the sunset. I don't think Stephanie was walking around saying you should get a spray tan. No, I she think... actually looked at me weird when I brought it up. But it doesn't matter. I'm on my own journey. There's it doesn't matter. Guy. There's me. one guy. It's you. <laughs> me against it's the world. It's you and you alone. But back to the box fan. I don't. Ira, what do you sleep with in a hotel? Nothing, right? You don't bring anything for noise. Nope. What time do you usually wake up in a hotel on a Saturday? <clears throat> I mean, the problem is I, I wake up at seven at home too, six thirty or seven at home. So do you have a fan at home. We do, but it's not a loud fan. I mean, maybe, maybe try something else. It's not working for you. Why would also, anybody get up at six? And I know you had to for Clemson, but it'll be a night game in Miami, and you'll still be up at six forty-five and not be able to go back to sleep in a hotel. I guess I don't have a great desire to sleep till nine. I don't know. Good call, Ira, because you're a grown-up. Yeah, he's got to watch game day. He's got to see who the guest picker is. You got you got things to do, life to live. Yeah, not laying true. in that bed. Uh, but then at, at 10 o'clock p.m., he's he's on his last legs. Meanwhile, Clark <laughs> Clark is a typing fool. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, yuck. I'm going to let Ira go. Go ahead, buddy. That's it. That's a wrap. Get out. Get out, Ira. I can't look at he's him anymore. Done. I can tell he's hanging on by a thread. I can tell it last segment. Get out of here, dude. Go lay down. He's done, Corey. Finally, you and I. <laughs> Let's get last couple in here if we can. By the way, uh, how mad was he about Aslan? It's funny. Thanks. I loved it. I just right. sat back and took it all yeah, in. Yeah, it's something. What a way to start the show after Clemson. There's always two sides to every story, man. I knew, <laughs> I I guess. knew he was ready to say his piece, right? Um, Grant wanted to know, was there any way that we could have smashed Howard's Rock? <laughs> Instead of the rock they brought in? Yeah, yeah. there probably would have been a fight. But I, I think you could have. I mean, who's protecting it at that point? Probably one security guard? And you have 100 there, football players? Some, didn't that thing... Suffer from vandalism years and years and years ago, and they caught a former player doing it? Maybe that sounds vaguely familiar, something like that. I think it does. I think that happened that at some point. I also um, feel like if you have you have really strong dudes, all you got to do is pick it up out of whatever whatever's holding it and roll it down the hill. <laughs> That's half the battle, and then just bust it right there on the hill. Just start busting it. Jonathan writes, the fact that we're 4-0 – with the country's best resume to date, despite the starters playing at a grade of C to B minus level, except for one half, can be best explained by A, culture, B, player belief, C, talent, high ceiling, D, coaching and messaging. Well, those are very similar things, but at least in terms of uh, messaging and culture and coaching, uh, they're all kind of infused together there. I do think they're obviously mentally tough, Corey. I think yeah. they're clearly mentally tough. They have not – I'll just say it again. They have not played all that well. They haven't. And yet they're 4-0 and they've beaten LSU and Clemson. I think – I to say they haven't played well – hasn't played all that well, I think dismisses even a 28 nothing run and a sleepy nooner would have your team because you Because have they never- did play well in that moment is what I'm saying. They played well for a stretch. What they have not done is strung it all together. Because yeah. even against Clemson, I mean, they finished the game on a 24-7 run. Like, that's right. playing well, well in I, that I, building. I think it's playing well on one side of the ball. Um, I thought, you know, listen, they scored what they score in the second half on offense. Three. 
three. The first drive of the half, yeah. Yeah, they didn't play well on offense at all. Right. They couldn't run the ball to save their life. Jordan was inaccurate. They didn't play well. Yeah, but uh, uh, yes, correct. It's 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 almost like when you tell somebody, you know, I'm not a big fan of Mumford and Sons. It right. makes it sound like you hate Mumford and Sons. When in I, reality, I'm not I'm just not a big fan of them. Like right. I, I appreciate them, they're fine, but I'm not a big fan of them. And I think with this, when you say they don't play and I'm talking about not you, everybody. Yeah. When when you say a team hasn't played well, it makes it sound like they've played horribly and they haven't. They can play better. They can play a lot better, and I think everybody knows that. And that's the reason for the consternation because there but is. But it's also reason. the reason for the confidence, right? Or the right. the 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 way the the excitement. I, you know the way you want to look at it. I guess I so, just Corey, get excited I, because I think they will play better. I think the thing to be excited about is that your culture is out of place to the to the questioner's uh, spirit of his message. There, yeah. I I, I think that the culture's out of place and the talent clearly is out of place where you can win games and not play well. And you can win games against Clemson and not yeah. play well. That, that's really remarkable. Now they're And again, when you say not play well, you're not saying they played horribly because no. they didn't. That, no. that, that's what, I guess that was the point I was trying to make. When somebody yeah. says you didn't play well, um, it doesn't mean you played horrible. It just yeah. means you didn't play your A game. You well, played a B minus or C game. Know this, Corey, moving forward, because I think sometimes, and I want this for other people who hear me do it, and, and I want them to understand it. Once you established, once you established you had elite players, and we think they have 10 to 12 NFL draft picks on this team yeah. right now. Um, okay, for the upcoming draft, not four years from now. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Once you establish that and you've got a veteran quarterback and you've got stud receivers and you've got elite tight end, once you've established that, you're now held to a standard of excellence that you're aspiring to play to. Now, when they don't and I come on the air and say, man, they are not playing well, that is not by way of comparison to an average football team. Right. It is by way of comparison to excellent, to trying to be a national champion, a playoff team. So – this doesn't look like a playoff team right now, and yet they're 4-0. See, and I, that, I guess that's where I disagree a little bit because I think it does look like a playoff team because I think you're going to have three or four more close games this season because that's college football in 2023. They've shown an ability one way or the other uh, through hide or hair. If but that's you don't saying. think if the offense continues to snow No, but I don't think it will. Yes, if the offense can't run the ball at all, uh, then and they only throw to two guys the whole season. Then no, I I, I don't right. think it's it's going to reach its full potential. But that's I don't think it's going to be that. I think they're going to turn. And it's funny, Jeff. I was looking at the 1999 team, which they just had the documentary on that was yeah. wire to wire. There were about half a dozen games that year, which you were on the air then, yes. which I imagine you came on on Monday and like that wasn't. I mean they they were up at Wake Forest nine to three at half. Uh, yeah. They they barely beat a, a pretty good, not great Florida team. They they were twenty one twenty one with Miami at the half. They had a they were seven to seven with Louisiana Tech almost at the half until Peter Warwick's crazy run. Georgia Tech they won forty one to thirty five. Like they they had some struggles, but when they put it to even Virginia Tech, like Virginia Tech they were down in the fourth quarter. But when that team put it together, it would go on these runs that dominated the game that won the game. And I think this team has that in it. Well, I think it's I think shown that be, I think it's in there, but they have to be much more efficient and they're Correct. not overly efficient right now. And I think that's the thing that is disconcerting. Now, by the way, your reference to the Virginia Tech National Championship game, that that, that was the fighting Michael Vicks. That was, that was right. That, well, look, man, they've yeah. been saying it for weeks now. Cassianos is the next <laughs> Michael Vick. So he's a right handed Michael Vick, essentially. So you just did what you did is you were lucky to get out of their line. 
I think that's going to be music uh, from our from our producer okay. there telling us to say goodbye. Corey, good work out of you. Good work, Ira. Hang in there, buddy. Sorry, Ira. Good job, Director Matthew. Until next time, everybody be well. We will see you soon. Peace.